0: Welcome back. It's always good when they come back after the coffee break. Slightly reassuring. So welcome to you all. Um, I want to talk uh, between now and lunch really about this, the idea of Jesus being right here with us. I I think one of the most evocative phrases that Christians use is this phrase, The presence of God. The presence of God. Uh, It speaks of maybe a a particular space or maybe a particular time in your life when you sensed that God was really close to you, closer perhaps than he has been at other times. Uh, an, An unambiguous awareness of God being here, Now, as you probably know, belief in God itself is not really that rare. Lots of people believe in God, that he somehow exists. The debate gets a little more interesting when you try and talk about what God is like. But perhaps even more interesting is the question, where is God? Where is he? And you see, for, for a lot of people, I think, the idea is that God is somewhere out there. You know, observing, watching, you know, sending out the odd thunderbolt, but basically pretty distant. For others, there is that sense that God is near, but that's not always very good. I remember reading a... Um, a lady's account of her life, and uh, she'd spent some of her life um, in a um, convent. And it, she said that in her first night there, uh, she, she went to her cell, because that's what they call there, where their beds are. And in her cell, there was this picture of an eye. And underneath was the words, God is always watching you. And it wasn't good news, (laughs) you know? And I I think that, you know, a lot of us might share that, that sense of he is, you know, he's always creeping around us with a big black book, writing down every single wrong thing you do. You know, he gets through the books pretty quickly. Now, the truth is actually, there is truth in that, that God is actually always with us. But it's good news that he's here. It really is. Um, I often, you know, hear people say something like, you know, I, if only Jesus was here, he would heal me. The idea being that, you know, that they read in the pages of the New Testament. That Jesus walks around and he healed those that he encountered. Well, if he he could step into this room, then of course he'd heal me. Because that's what he did then. That's what he'd do now. And that, I think, raises me this question. Well then, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus right now? I wonder if you've ever thought about it. And I think the Bible gives us two um, very accurate pictures of where Jesus is. And one is, he is seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And it seems there's a bit of a gap there between us and him up there. The second picture the Bible gives us about about where Jesus is, is that he's here. The last words of Matthew's Gospel, I am with you always. I am here. I wonder, which of those two do you tend to veer to in, in your thinking? I wonder, actually if they could be saying the same thing you know i wonder if is heaven really that far away from where we are it's very interesting the when jesus said i am with you always those words were actually spoken at an event that the church celebrated last two days ago on Thursday, the Ascension. And I, I don't know how you think of the Ascension. Like, you know, the disciples are sitting talking to Jesus and suddenly he kind of starts to levitate up uh, and off he goes. And I don't know if you've ever been to a, um, um, a wonderful village or town in Norfolk called Walsingham. And Walsingham for many is a holy place, and they, they associate the presence of God of being in that place. And um, at Walsingham, there is a, a very lovely um, Catholic shrine there. And if you just walk a little way, you'll find the Anglican uh, shrine at Walsingham. And um, if you go in there, there's a particular part of the Anglican Church there that's called the Chapel of the Ascension, and it's um, it's fascinating. Um, if you go in there, it, it looks like you know, anything else until you look up at the ceiling, and the ceiling has a kind of a, a plaster cast cloud with these feet just sticking out the bottom. And that's exactly what it looks like. And I suppose it's meant to capture that very last second before, poof, he's gone. Um, and and you, you, you can read that sort of detail in, in, into the, the Bible. And it really is the sense of really, goodbye. You know, him's going, I'm off now. Bye, folks. It's been a blast. I'll be back soon. Woof, and he's gone. But it's very interesting, because when when he ascends, his words, remember, are far from goodbye. His words are much more of a whole new hello. I am with you to the end. So when he ascends to heaven, Whatever that picture says to us, it it isn't about him leaving. It's much more actually about him coming and coming to us. Um, I I don't know how we think about this, but it's almost like heaven is a, a parallel world so close to us in this particular life, I, one of the best ways of describing it, Tom Wright um, wrote a book called Surprised by Hope. And he, he wrote about the ascension, or about not so much the ascension, but the idea of heaven and earth in, in, in this way. And let's see if you can catch this. Basically, he says, heaven and earth are not two different locations. They are two different dimensions of God's good creation. And the point about heaven is twofold. First, heaven relates to the... I can't say the word. Tangentially. So that... The one who is in in heaven can be present simultaneously anywhere and everywhere on earth. The ascension, therefore, means that Jesus is available, accessible, without people having to travel to a particular spot on the earth to find him. Second, Heaven is, as it were, the control room for earth. It is the CEO's office, the place from which instructions are given. All authority is given to me, said Jesus, at the end of Matthew's gospel, in heaven and on earth. When I read that, I thought, that is so exciting. Isn't it? It's is that sense that, you know, we, we, live, uh, we live this life and we are, you know, in some sense, you know, limited to our five senses, what we can see and hear and touch and smell and taste. But you know, equally present all around us is this reality of heaven. It's not up there. It's 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 here. It's so close to us, and that is the place where where Jesus dwells. And what I'd love to do, actually, just for a moment, I'd love to just show you a a wonderful video that, to me, just um, brings about this whole um, sense of him being here. It's a a drama by a a wonderful Catholic drama group called Rise Theater. And it's called Jesus the Photographer. Strange title, but it you'll see in a minute, but it, it just captures this incredible sense that however we are going through our life limited by our own senses, he's here. He's with you every step of the way. I hope you enjoy this. I find that so moving, that drama. It just speaks so much about the reality of his presence in our lives. And what that does to me is I want to know it more. I want to know that presence here. I mean, I, I will, we will all rejoice when we finally meet him face to face and we see all of our lives and where he's been. But I want to see it now. I, I want to know more of his presence now in this life and not just see what, what I missed uh, in, in years to come. And so, one of the things that we've been trying to do at, at the mission where, where we work and is that as folk come for prayer, we want to encourage them to find this incredible awareness of the presence of Jesus with them right now. Because I think, you know, Peter was saying at the beginning, if we can open our eyes to the Father's love, it changes everything. Well, so does opening our eyes to the awareness of the presence of Jesus with us. That, too, is a life-changing thing. And the way that we do this is we, we like to ask people what is actually a very, very simple question. The question is this. Where is Jesus for you right now? Where is Jesus for you right now? It's a good question because it makes the assumption he is here because he is. He promised he'd always be with us. But it gives people that space and permission to explore the truth of his presence being right with us. And as folk are given that opportunity to reflect on where he is, and, and in a moment we'll, we'll do this, and, and you can try it for yourself, but you know, folk might have that sense of Jesus being maybe in front of them, or behind them, around them, within them. But it's given that chance to explore it. And when they explore it, then beautiful things can happen. We were at a church just a few months ago. And we were praying for this this group of people there. And afterwards, this lady shares her story. And what she shared was that um, for 50 years, 50 years... She'd been living in a pit, basically. I I can't remember what it was, but something happened 50 years ago that had really um, just changed the course of her life, and she just felt she was sitting in a pit, a painful pit, for the last 50 years. And I asked her, where is Jesus for you? Right now. And as she reflected on that, it dawned on her that he was there. What she said was that it was like Jesus stood in front of her and he put his fingers under her chin and said, lift up your head. I've come to save you. And... I, I don't know exactly what he did in that moment. But she was weeping with joy. That for the first time in 50 years, she stepped out of that pit. I think part of it was, I, I don't know why it took 50 years. But part of it was, I think, we gave her permission to find Jesus. And he, I guess he climbed that pit with her. And he lifted her out. Now, what he does is entirely different for different people. You know, for some people, um, you know, they might have to physically place where he is. For others, it's more just a, not just, I hate that. It's more a sense of his glorious peace being with us. And why not? You know, Isaiah spoke of the coming Messiah as the Prince of Peace. So, when the Prince of Peace stands near you, maybe just maybe, it's natural to sense the peace that flows from Him. Um, I, I remember somebody saying that when they when they did this, they just had a sense of Jesus standing right by them, singing a song of love over them. Somebody else said that it was like Jesus came and um, he stood behind her and then he came around to her side and it, he took her by, by the arm and by her hand. Someone else remember saying this a few weeks ago that Jesus was leaning on her head and her shoulders just assuring her of the depth of his presence with her. Now, of course, he is everywhere. He is filling the entire heaven and the entire earth. There is nowhere in this earth that he is not. But I'm not sure I can really capture that full revelation of the glory of Jesus everywhere. It would probably take my breath away in quite a permanent way, I guess. But I think what he does love to do is to give us glimpses of his presence with us. Just something for me here and now. Just something to focus our attention on his presence now. And and as we focus our attention on him, then he can begin to interact with us in, in, in often very powerful and very beautiful ways. Um, Now, you know, of course, we accept it by faith, he's here. You know, do I need a a sense of feeling he's here? Well, you know what? He does like me. (laughs) He does love to encourage us. He does love it when we capture that sense of his presence. But I want folks to you know, engage with this. And so when, for when we ask folk, where is he for you? Whatever they say, whether they fear or not, I love to take it a, bit, a stage further. I love to ask folk, all right, if he's with you, what is it that you want to bring to him? Do you love that moment in the story of um, Bartimaeus? Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, um, he calls out to Jesus. And there's a lovely moment where Jesus calls him and invites Bartimaeus to really stand there right before Jesus. Then Jesus says to him, what is it that you want me to do for you? Bring your heart to me. I think he could have said anything he wants. He said, I want to see. It could have been anything. And I think this amazing invitation is, what is it you want to bring to Jesus? What do you really want to bring to him? Not what you think you ought to bring to him. Not what other people think you ought to bring to him. What do you really want to say to him? I I remember being in a, um, a church and we were doing a healing service. And this um, girl in her uh, 20s uh, wanted prayer because she had um, quite severe pain all in her body. And she was telling me about it, and it sounded awful. And I explained that, you know, when I prayed, what I was going to do is first just let her find something of the Father's love, and then invite her to find the presence of Jesus And we did this, and she had a lovely sense of Jesus. I think he was standing just there for her. That was the glimpse he showed her. And I said to her, what do you want to share with Jesus? You tell him in your words. What do you want to say to him? And I thought she'd say, you know, all about that pain, but she didn't. And what she did was she began to just um, pour out a whole, um, almost like hymn of praise to him about how he'd been there all throughout her life, how he'd never let her down. Uh, and she just kept telling him how much she loved him uh, and, and how much you know he'd been there all her life. She never mentioned her pain once. At the very next person I prayed for, um, you know, he had pain in his hands and I remember he was sitting down he had a lovely sense of Jesus standing or sitting right by him and I said to him what do you want to say to Jesus? and he said Jesus my hands hurt please heal them and I asked the question which was best? Which, who, who said the best thing? was it the girl that praised him? Or was it the guy that bought his needs directly? Actually, they were both brilliant. Why? Because they both were utterly honest with Jesus. She wanted to praise him, and she did. He wanted to bring his needs to him, and he did. I think we sometimes think, I ought to praise him first before I tell him about my needs. Then he'll think slightly better of me. (laughs) I think he spots that one quite quickly. Don't you? He's been around a few folk over the years. I think he he, he spots that one. If you want to stand before him and praise him, do it. If you want to stand before him and bring your needs to him, Do it. Be yourself with him. Because that's, I think, what he's longing for as as he interacts, as he encounters us. It kind of raises another issue about prayer, really. It's this. Why, why do we have to bring our needs to him? You know, he's here. He knows everything. Everything about you. I mean, he does, doesn't he? He knows you better than you know yourself. He, he sees the things that, that, that you're going through. Why then does he need me to tell him about my needs? Is this a, is this a big surprise to him when, when we share these things with him? I think actually it's to do with intimacy. We often think of intimacy with God as, you know, Him sharing beautiful things with us. Him telling us how much He loves us. And that's kind of intimacy. Actually, I think intimacy really begins when we share our hearts honestly with Him. It's when we open up our hearts when we you know, take, have the courage I think to say you know what Jesus this is what I'm really feeling like this is what's really on my heart I remember a few years ago I was um, at a church and a, a lady came up and asked me to pray for her and what she was really concerned about was her grandson. And, you know, he'd been ill really from the day of his birth. And he was now, I think, four years old. And um, I explained, as I always do, well, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to just allow you to find the Father's love and find the presence of Jesus. And then I'd like you to talk to him. And so we did this, and, and she had, again, a lovely sense of Jesus standing right there with her. And uh, she, uh, you know, I, I said, well, you, you tell him what you want. And she said, well, Jesus, I, I want to pray you know, about my grandson. You know, he's four. And then she stopped. She said, you know all this, Jesus. Because I've been talking to you about this for the last four years, and you've done nothing about it so far. <laughs> and she began to get really quite annoyed with Jesus. And I just thought, how beautiful. Because there was this lady sharing her heart honestly with him. And, you know, it dawned on me, if I'd been the one praying for her grandson, i had been ever so polite about it. You know, Lord, have you got a few minutes? But, but she could express to him the depth of her emotion, what she really felt. I remember at the end that there was such a beautiful moment when she sensed the wonder of his presence. And I think that was made so much more real because she had been allowed to be utterly, utterly honest with the Jesus that that, that stood there with him. Um, You know, it's normally like if if you go and ask someone, will you pray for me, please? Um, You know, you you go to the premises, will you pray for me? I've got a bad back. And then your prime ministers, they they go through a process. They say, dear Lord, John's got a bad back. Amen. And then suddenly, because you put dear Lord at the front and amen at the end, that's a prayer. God knows what to do with that. And suddenly, oh, yes, I meant to heal it. And I think, you know, so much more honest. You tell Jesus what you want. You don't need me to translate it for him. You speak to him in your own words, with your own emotions. You be intimate with him. I think it's so much more powerful when we come to him ourselves and, and, and share the depth of what's on our hearts with him. You know, I think he's not going to be shocked you know, whatever is on your heart, you're not going to, you're not going to, you know, amaze him. Just think about this building. It's been, I think this has been a church since around 1912. Got my facts right. You know, Think about how many people have kind of sat or stood just where you are now. Pouring out their requests to God. I would have thought anything you've got, anything you share, it's been shared in this place before. If that doesn't impress you, go outside and look at the, look at the Abbey. There'll be folks standing in that place for about a thousand years, pouring out their hearts to God. There is nothing you are going to bring to Him but he's going to be thinking, well, that's a first. <laughs> you really, I doubt, I really doubt it. Whatever's on your heart. He's, he's been with people. He's stood with people. You know, since, since we first started talking to him, he's heard the things uh, and, and longs to hear us and have the honesty to share these things um, with him. You know, it goes back to that, that parable of the, the lost sheep, where every sheep matters. It may well be that focus stood in this place and shared the very same thing you've shared since 1912. But you know what? You matter. The fact that it bothers you. That touches him, bothers him. It matters to him. It really does. So we talk about this Jesus who's here. Heaven is not out there. It's here. He's here with us. He promised to be with us. And we can can share whatever we want with him. But there's just one final part of that process. And that's this, I think. He wants to share his heart with us, with all of us. There are things he wants to communicate with you personally. Trouble is, I think we often think we're not very good at hearing Jesus speak to us. We know there are some people that are good at hearing Jesus speak, They keep telling us how good they are at hearing Jesus speak. But what about us? What about me? Actually, I think all of us hear God speak quite a lot. The trouble is, we we just don't think it's God. You know, if it's God, then you'll know it's God. Because it'll be loud and booming and American. It'll sound like Donald Trump on a bad day. And if you're loud and booming and American, maybe that is how you hear the voice of God. But if you're not like that, maybe his voice will be different. I'm always struck by the story of Elijah. And Elijah, you know, he, he heard and was aware of earthquakes and winds and fires. But he heard God speaking in a gentle whisper. The thing about gentle whispers is you can miss them very easily. But that's how God spoke to him. And If God spoke to Elijah in a gentle whisper, maybe he speaks to you in a gentle whisper too, and it's all right. You know, it's not a sign of holiness that God speaks louder. Elijah was quite holy, really. But I think the thing is, Even this idea of the voice of God is misleading. It may not be a voice. God might speak to you just through a Bible verse that that comes to your mind. Or something you read in your morning devotions, like Peter was saying. Or it might be like a picture that comes to you. Or even like a spontaneous thought that just drops in your mind. Something that wasn't there before, and it's there now. And what's lovely is that so often when God speaks, is it's, it's, it's unexpected, and it's life-giving. I, I remember we were at a church, and um, you know, this lady had some things she wanted to bring to Jesus, and she did. And we all have our list of things, don't we? And uh, you know, she told Jesus everything that she wanted to tell him. And after that, I said, well, what do you sense Jesus would like to say to you? And it was was lovely because what she sensed Jesus saying were these words. You're beautiful. The point is, that was utterly unrelated to what she'd said to him. She had her own list of things to bring to him. What he whispered to her was... You're beautiful. And as as she heard those words, it dawned on her that actually it was an awful long time since anyone had said those words to her. And actually it just kind of blew the dust off. Deep, really, levels of rejection that she'd been feeling. But to hear him whisper, You're beautiful. Just began to change so much in her life at that moment. It just started something off. As she listened to him speak to him. Now, when we come back after lunch, we're going to be talking about the, the power there for us. But before that, what I want to do now is just to give us a chance, for all of us, to find something of his presence that's here with us now. So again, we'd like to stand. It's just you've been sitting for a while and... uh, I often say it's slightly harder to fall asleep when you're standing up. Not impossible. But if at any point you do need to sit down, that's fine. Don't worry about that. I'm going to begin again just by letting us um, soak in the Father's love. Uh, and My encouragement to you is to say yes. Say yes to the wonder of God. Perhaps just close your eyes. Father. Abba. Game you rejoice that we are your beloved sons and daughters, that you delight in us. You are not disappointed. We are precious and honored in your sight. Out of your love for us, you gave us Jesus, Lord Jesus. Be with us always. You're here now, Jesus. Draw near. You that question. Where is Jesus for you right now? You might have a sense of Him beside you, around you, within you. You might sense His presence. Let him be wherever he gives you that glimpse of his presence. As is here, however, you experience that, or even if you're not aware of anything, what is it that you would like to bring to Jesus right now? Just be honest. To share your heart. With He sense he would seek to communicate with you. What's if you like that? That spontaneous thought that comes to you. That picture that's there. Perhaps a Bible verse, a song. Jesus, thank you. Deepen your presence. If you're sensing and whisper something, you might want to just engage with a, a conversation with him. Write these words, write these touches of Jesus deeper, deeper into our hearts. into what God is doing but I would encourage you that if you sense him speaking to you do write that down don't lose this take a seat for a moment. As I say, just take a moment to write down what you sensed he was saying to you. Now if you uh, found that helpful i remiss if I didn't put a plug out for my rather brilliant books for sale. But if I said they're rubbish, you wouldn't buy them, would you? Um, but there's, there's one of there called Encountering the God Who Heals. And really, it, it talks or a lot about what we've been talking about this morning, about how we can encounter God for ourselves. And there's a couple of the books out there as well, but you know, do look at that. It, it goes a bit more depth to help you on this, this journey of experiencing so much more of God, which is so important for all of us. But well, I think it's lo-